Hello and welcome to the Brutal Iron Gym Podcast, where our goal is to cut through the BS and deliver the brutal truth about topics related to health and happiness. Today's podcast number 1891. The topic is a new one that I'll be introducing today, and we'll be kind of adding these in as we can. And it came from a lot of requests, so I've been listening, so thank you for everybody who's been emailing in. And the topic is client program review. So some of my clients are personal trainers, actually over half of my clients are personal trainers, and a lot of them have been talking in our discussions in their weekly journals, uh, and or just I got feedback from certain podcasts that they want to hear more about how I'm approaching programming for my clients. So we're going to have this category called client program review. I think I might do it, you know, every other week. However, I think um, you know the viewer, if the views or downloads are high, I'll do it more often, or if I hear back from you that you like this stuff, uh, I'll do it more often. Just let me know what your thoughts are. But they wanted to hear more about individual client circumstances and then what I do to program for that. So this client, their goal is strength, aesthetics, and injury rehab. So that's, you know, hence the whole title now, (laughs) Uh, podcast 1891, Client Program Review, Strength, Aesthetics, and Injury Rehab. So the client we're picking today uh, coincides with what the first person who kind of planted this seed in my mind wanted to hear about. So they have uh, some clients who are sometimes coming to them beat up and, and like injured, and they're wondering how I manage that to not only recover the injury issue or address the injury issue, but progress them overall. So the client that I'm going to be sharing with today, they want to get stronger, they want to build more muscle, and have a leaner physique. And we're working to address a past history of a hernia. So they had abdominal hernia. They had surgery for that. They were told they could never do powerlifting ever again. Uh, and that turned out not to be true. <laughs> so we've been doing powerlifting anyhow. And they're doing very well. So they've gotten really strong. We've strengthened their abs around the injury. We've strengthened a lot of muscles around the injury. So not only in the uh, rectus abdominis, uh, the six-pack, but we strengthen the obliques, the lower back, the hips. You strengthen everything around it so that way the abdomen takes less and less stress. So this is what I do with clients with diastasis recti as well, is we want to strengthen the abdominal muscle for sure, but we also want to strengthen every other muscle to help take more and more stress load off of the weakened or injured tissue. So this is what I would do with any injury is you meet the injury at where it's at. You know, if it can only handle intensities of, say, 2 out of 10 or 3 out of 10, you train it to what it can handle, but then you train anything that is a supporting muscle to what it can handle. So if you have an abdominal injury, but the obliques are strong, well, then you do oblique isolation type movements, like anti-rotational movements, that have, your obliques have to fire like isometrically to hold your position. You can load those suckers up, and you can get really intense. So you want to work on any muscle that's related to the injured muscle as a stabilizer or something that helps move when the, the injured muscle helps move, when moves. Uh, so say, for example, somebody hurts their chest, Uh, You know, the triceps and the front shoulders are also pressing muscles. They can help when they're strong to kind of protect the chest. So you would want to strengthen those. So if anything's a stabilizer, anything's a mover with the injured tissue, you want to address that as well. So for this client, we do a lot, a lot of abdominal work. And then I do a lot of isolative work and positional work 
to help strengthen all of the tissues, including the uh, abdominal tissue. Now, they recently had an, an issue with their sternum. They were doing a chest supportive movement and they felt like their chest was super sore. They were, uh, I forget whether they said there was a crack sound or anything, but they just felt like it was super hurt um, and very uncomfortable after that workout. So maybe they got into a weird position, something happened. Uh, it hasn't happened again since. So we've been working around that issue as well. And we found that at first we kind of like shied away from any aggressive chest movements but when they're now feeling better to add like back in barbell benching but where they feel the kind of strain is in a full back contraction because that actually stretches the chest tissue to squeeze the middle of your back so we're still working through that as well now sometimes that happens like weird freak movements or somebody gets uh, like injured or something annoyed outside of the gym you know they're moving furniture they're doing things around the house they're playing with the kids can't tell you how many clients will run out of absolutely nowhere you know they'll well my niece challenged me to a race and then i pulled my hamstring it's like what the hell are you doing <laughs> why are you running if we don't run on a regular basis why are you gonna just like pop that out of nowhere <laughs> so um but Freak accidents and little weird annoyances and stuff, that, that flares up from time to time, especially if the person you're working with is very active. So uh, you just might have to address those along the way as well. Now for this client, some other things we're adding in is they want banded workouts for non-gym days, and their girlfriend joins them on Saturdays and Sundays. And so they wanted to include deadlifts and glute-focused work on one of those days and upper back work on the other one of the days because that would be something the girlfriend would enjoy. So that's what we've done with the programming. Now, with all my clients, we start with nutrition <laughs> because uh, training programs will do absolute diddly if the person isn't eating enough calories, protein, and hydrating well enough. It is a complete waste of time. Not quite, but very close to a complete waste of time to train without your nutrition being accounted for. Now, you're going to get a lot of emotional benefits from training. Uh, there's going to be definitely some health benefits to like reduce blood pressure, improved, you know, blah, blah, blah. But <laughs> the frustration is if somebody says they want to get leaner, but they eat, you know, super inconsistent, Activity isn't going to help. It's it's improving the inconsistency of their nutrition. If they say they want to get stronger or build muscle, but their protein is super inconsistent, well, that's not going to help. The training is a stimulus for change. Nutrition is how your body makes the change. So nutrition has to be accounted for. I had somebody ask me recently in our service options, I have a nutrition-only coaching option and then a training and nutrition option. They said, well, do you do training only? And I said, no. <laughs> the reason why is if the person isn't eating correctly, the training program is worthless. It will not produce the results they want because it has to be supported nutritionally. So I will help people with nutrition only coaching and they can do whatever they want to do for training. But I will not help anyone with training only and they do whatever they want for nutrition. If you are dehydrated, your muscles are going to be super tight. Your joints are going to be chronically annoyed. You're going to have low energy. You're always going to feel like crap. And you're going to say, oh, you know, we're doing a lot of mobility work for my hips or we're doing a lot of things to prevent tight muscles, but I'm tight all the time. There's nothing wrong with the training. It's the fact that you're dehydrated and you're not freaking drinking fluid. 
Yeah, same thing with food. You know, if somebody wants to get lean, they can do all the cardio and crazy crap they want, but if their food is inconsistent and chronically low, then they're never going to get leaner. So often the trainers I work with, they'll train, 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 but they eat inconsistently and they wonder why they look poor compared to what they want to look like or they feel inconsistent, they perform inconsistently. It's because your nutrition is inconsistent. So nutrition. For this client, now their body weight, um, now they're uh, from France. So their body weight is in kilograms and we do a lot of uh, weights in kilograms. But their body weight is going to be around 175, 180 uh, for pounds, not kilograms. <laughs> but for American listeners, it'd be 175 to 180 pounds. Um, but when I work with international clients, we do everything in, in kilograms and food weights and grams and whatnot. So we use a metric system if that's what the clients are used to. So I've had to just figure that out and learn that as an American. Um, it does make way more sense. However, <laughs> so their body weight is around 175 to 180 pounds. And what we do nutritionally is on training days, they eat between 2,300 and 2,500 calories. On rest days, they eat between 2,100 to 2,300. So that, uh, if we look at that, the, the middle-ish number on rest days and active days is 2,300. Now, if we divide that by 175, it's about 13 times body weight. So 13 times body weight is around where we are some days a little under that some days a little over that and for this client that would actually be a nutritional amount that they could actually feel a little bit leaner over time with so we would increase that if we wanted to push harder into growth but at around 2300 average they're going to build some muscle and feel clean and lean because we also keep sugars low for them i keep their sugars under 80 grams a day uh, and protein is going to be 180 grams minimum so we're doing around about a gram per pound of body weight a little bit more if they can get that in we're keeping sugars super low um, i would like to you know they can definitely get lower than that i've pushed some clients down under you know 40 grams of sugar a day depending on what their goals are and what their food history is but for this client we're aiming for, like I said, 2,100 to 2,300 on rest days, 2,300 to 2,500 calories on training days, one gram per pound of body weight, and keeping sugars under 80 grams. So you would say that's about 50% of their body weight is under that in grams. I would actually recommend people go like maybe a third of their body weight in grams of sugar or less. Uh, and have really that sugar should be focused around training time or active times. You really don't want that when you're sitting around doing nothing. Uh, it doesn't really help you there. So that is where we are currently at. Now, they've been higher than that when we want to push for growth. Uh, dependingly on how they're feeling like hunger-wise, sometimes I'll push every day calories up a little bit or we'll keep the rest days the same and push the training days up it just kind of depends on whether that person struggles to eat enough if they struggle to eat enough i'm not going to jack up their training days super high i'd rather just bring up all the days a little bit so i kind of play that case by case basis with clients we just push the weekly average up um, if we want the weight to start to go up and muscle building to go up, if we want to kind of maintain and improve body composition, then we look for the weight to maintain. But we want to maximize the food that we can eat, the calories and the protein that we can eat at that body weight. And then obviously if we want body weight to come down, we've got to bring those weekly calories down. Uh, and I try to bring that down 
through cal- uh, carbs and fats down first, keeping protein around one gram per pound of body weight, especially if the client trains four days or more a week. If they train three days or two days, I might bring the protein down to you know, 0.8 or 0.7 grams per pound of body weight. So it kind of depends on uh, their activity level and the amount of muscle damage uh, and activity damage that they have in their daily life and workouts. Now for training, right now, Uh, We have uh, Monday accounted for, Tuesday and Wednesday we do band routines when they're not at the gym, Thursday is a training day, Friday is a training day, Saturday is a training day, and Sunday is a training day. So we have seven days a week that they have an option to work out. Now, is that a lot of training? You bet it is. Uh, But do I understand it? You bet I do. (laughs) I train six or seven days a week. Uh, So it can definitely be done, no problem there. So um, Monday, we can start with Monday, but there's technically not really an off day here. If you had to say an off day, it would be pretty much Tuesday and Wednesday because those are long work days for them. So they might not be able to get to the gym, so they just want to band routines for at home. So those would be kind of their recovery days. So if people typically recover on Saturday and Sunday, for this client, their quote-unquote Saturday and Sunday is Tuesday and Wednesday. So we'll just start at that. So we'll say that those days, they're going to take off or do a band routine at home. So I gave them a band routine, like they do a circuit of uh, straight arm pull downs and face pulls to warm up the shoulders. Then we do Cuban press to challenge the shoulders, upper back and postural muscles. Then we do upright rows to grow the shoulders. And then we do bicep curls and tricep press downs to grow the arms. So they wanted it to be in shoulder and arm day. So that's a pretty good routine. It's built in um, correcting thoracic positioning and thoracic strength. So since this person has a desk job they're gonna do a lot of sitting so I want to correct that shoulders forward position so that way when we are doing our main lifts like squat bench press overhead presses uh, back exercises that they have good shoulder mobility shoulder posture and positioning so that's a little bit of uh, corrective therapy built into the routine for growth on the shoulders and arms now Thursday they're they're kind of weight training day we do a lower body bodybuilding day we do a hip flexor and hamstring stretch, then um, uh, another variation of releasing the uh, hip flexor, the IT band, the upper quads, and then a calf stretch. So this client, if they have tight calves, it jacks up everything in their lower body movements. So I want to make sure I stay on top of loosening their calves, and keeping their calves open. Then we do a body weight squat with the narrow stance heels elevated into body weight reverse lunges with the front foot elevated. This is a great way to warm up their knees, uh, then start working the opening and strengthening the adductors, get the glutes opened and strengthened. So this kind of improves their overall mobility as well as strength around the connective tissues and the joints at the knees and the hips. So that's all very helpful uh, for not only growth but uh, mobility and continued strength around the joints which we would need for our strength-based component of training which are you know squat bench deadlift kind of stuff then we do dumbbell goblet hold alternating reverse lunge and for them that's going to make a more upright torso 
by being goblet held, so holding in the front of your body rather than hang hold at your sides. So a goblet hold is going to force a more upright position. That forces more knee activation in the lunge as composed to hanging by your hips with a weight uh, where you can use more hip hinge. So this is going to force more knee activation. So then we go to leg press, which is again going to be a kind of a quad extension, a thigh developer, a little bit of knees, but more so thigh developer. And then we do goblet hold squat with uh, slow eccentric and pause. So this is extremely knee dominant and quad dominant. Now part of the reason why is in two days they're going to be doing deadlifts. <laughs> so I don't want to overly stress their hinge muscles and their overall positioning for powerlifting, they have a very upright squat position. They have a very uprighted torso when they squat. So they're going to need that knee health. They're going to need that quad strength to drive their squat strength up. So that's that workout. Friday is chest and biceps. Uh, we do some mobility warm-ups, some chest and thoracic kind of warm-ups and strengthening stuff at the beginning. Uh, so, for example, quadricep, uh, quadruped scapular retractions, uh, lat stretch. We do a cat-cow, two different cat-cow variations for thoracic uh, opening and abdominal strength. We do dumbbell standing ladder raises for good aesthetics in the shoulders. They then do bench press. We're working back into that from the sternum issue. And then bicep curls, and uh, we do two variations. We do a cable curl with 21s and then a cable curl with kind of heavier standard straight sets. That is a great workout for a good pump. They're going to feel pretty awesome in the upper body. Uh, good chest pump, good arm pump, very good day there. And then that is also going to be a low CNS stress. So since we had a harder leg day the day before, and that this chest and bicep day is happening on a Friday, which is the end of the work week, their CNS is gonna be fried from a stress of work, uh, and you know, maybe their sleep hasn't been as good, food hasn't been as good during the craziness of the week. So uh, we don't want a really high CNS stress on that Friday workout. So then Saturday, They'll be coming in with a girlfriend, and they're doing deadlifts and glutes. So we start with a glute stretch, then a loosener kind of movement uh, mobility drill for the hip flexors, and then a lunge stretch and a hamstring stretch. So this helps open up mobility in the hips and make sure that the glutes are not super tight. Now for my client, I know that what we did on Thursday will make sure their glutes aren't super, super tight, but they could use a little bit of glutes, uh, like um, addressed stretching, and I know that their girlfriend probably would. Uh, so if she has been doing mostly cardio or who knows what she's been doing during the week, if she's just been sitting uh, at her job, she's gonna come in with very tight glutes. So I want to make sure that she feels good going through the workout as well. Then we have starfish side plank raises, paired with glute bridges, different variations of glute bridges. This is going to be great for my client because we're working on all the muscles that help strengthen the abdominal wall to help with that old hernia issue, uh, which we've addressed very successfully, but we might as well keep addressing it. <laughs> and then for the girlfriend, she's going to want you know tighter abdominal wall. She's going to want uh, probably more stronger, more developed glutes. So it's going to be a good circuit for her as well. Then we do dumbbell single leg stiff leg deadlifts into reverse lunge 
great for glute development, great for adductor development, great for ankle, knee, and hip stability, great for core challenge. So a lot of good stuff right there. Then we go into conventional deadlifts. Now, you could argue, are the dumbbell stiff leg deadlift into reverse lunge going to take away from the strength of the conventional deadlift? Yes, slightly. Um, however, for my client, we waive seasons where I will, like, um, prioritize heaviest deadlifts and then seasons where I'll do some pre-exhaust pre-fatiguing so we can work on technique or we can kind of rehab and work through different components so we'll go through waves of loading intensities for deadlifts when we want to peak it out I wouldn't pre-exhaust it when we're just working on technique and overall muscle development of the lower body I will pre-exhaust it and then they finish with dumbbell RDL with a pause at the bottom so this workout is extremely hinge focused there's not a lot of knee and quad work here because two days before we did all the knee and quad work so typically with clients i would blend you know some hinging work some knee work but with this client i had to separate those out because these workouts are only 48 hours apart so i had to separate out the quad development stuff in the hinge development stuff and i wanted to have the hinge second so that way the lower back wasn't too fatigued for the quad based stuff so that was a good workout and then the last workout of the week, I mean, I'm sorry, we have to go through Sunday and Monday yet. Sunday is upper back, a lot of just straight sets and a lot of bodybuilding stuff, a lot of different angles. Uh, we do a, a pull down, a pull down, a bent over row, a seated row, and another uh, bent over row. So just a lot, a lot, a lot of good stuff there. A lot of straight sets, nothing too, too fancy when it comes to upper back. Just let the work, the weight do the work, get in a ton of volume. Uh, so we have, what would be here, two, five seven nine eleven thirteen sixteen working sets in this workout that's a lot for this client so that's a lot focused on just upper back but that's going to be great for his development great for the uh, girlfriend's development women tend to need a higher volume of upper back training if they're not quite as strong um well, it doesn't matter if male or female, but if your strength levels are low, you're going to need more and more volume. The stronger you are, the less volume you need. And that's because the stronger you are, the more damage you can create with fewer sets. Whereas if you're on the lower end of strength, you need way more sets to create that same amount of damage. So this set count is going to push my client to his upper range, but it's also going to help the girlfriend be in the range that she would need to be in. And then when we end the week on Monday... Because again, remember their breaks are on Tuesday and Wednesday. Monday is chest and core. So we're going to do again some core work to address the core strength and stabilization as well as to address the hernia protection. Then we do chest and thoracic kind of movements. And right now um, we're backing off on like they have the bench press day is on Friday. And then they would have had Saturday and Sunday training. So Monday, they're coming in. They're definitely fatigued. So on Monday, the chest work is going to be sub-maximal chest isolations because they're not going to come into this day with fresh joints. They're not going to come into this day with fresh CNS. So I want to damage the tissue, but I don't want to damage connective tissue. I don't want to damage the whole body overall. So the main movements are cable crossovers and dumbbell chest press with the feet on the bench. So they're, they're lower weight-loaded movements, but still high-intensity, high-muscle damage, uh, but going to be lower weight loads. And that's a good thing to do towards the end of consecutive days is after a break, 
you would start with bigger compound movements. And then as you get to the end of consecutive days, you want to be doing more isolative movements. That helps ensure that their connective tissues don't become overstressed and overstrained on those latter days, like the days that you've already been working out a couple days in a row, and that can help avoid a lot of injuries. So after a break, do major compound movements. As you do more consecutive training days, get smaller and smaller movements, lighter and lighter weight loads. Okay, so that is uh, the program. <laughs> so for this client, again, like I said, our main focus is strength, aesthetics and then that injury rehab for the hernia as well as working through that recent chest annoyance that sternum annoyance and we've been able to blend that in while also getting the band workouts for non-gym days and adding in uh, the girlfriend specific workouts on saturday and sundays that are also helpful for my client so thought that was fun to share. Thank you for everyone who's reached out and asked for this type of topic. So if you like this idea, let me know. If you want me to get deeper into certain concepts like exercise selection or other components, please give me feedback. The more I hear from everybody about what you want, the more I can make sure that the podcast includes what you want. So I would really appreciate hearing from you. I love it. It's, it's awesome and motivating to get emails and to hear from people to know that they're listening. You can always email me at brutalironjim at gmail.com. Okay, if you want any help with programming, I'm offering free 15-minute consultations right now. You can sign up at our email, brutalironjim at gmail.com. You can also sign up online. Go to our website, www.brutalironjim.com. You can go to the one-on-one services page. There's a link there uh, to sign up for a free 15-minute consultation. I'd like to meet you, hear about your goals, hear about your struggles, and then talk with you about what we could do to overcome those struggles. Awesome. Well, if you like the podcast, please share the podcast. If you like the podcast, please consider donating to support the podcast, which you can do on our website. Also, if you like the information we share in the podcast, you can find more from us on our social media channels. You can find us and follow us on Instagram and YouTube under the name Brutal Iron Jim. As always, I hope this was helpful, and thank you for listening.